This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Get $750 cash towards the lease of our 2024 NX350 all-wheel drive. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease cash offer and pricing details. Restrictions apply. Not all customers will qualify. Offer available in the Lexus Eastern area in April 1st, 2024. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, because the business basically pays for itself, but I don't make a lot of profit, which is something that I've been thinking and comparing every year, you know, is it worth it or not to keep the studio running. Hello, and welcome to Financials Podcast, Future Rich. I'm your host, Barbara Ginty, and I'm also a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And I am here today with my guest, Judy. Hi, Judy. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. And thanks for rescheduling, because I got COVID. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying so hard to avoid it. I managed to do it for almost two years, but, you know, then it got me. Glad you're feeling better now. Thank you. So Judy, um, I'm looking at a beautiful spreadsheet. As we all know, I love them. Um, I really like that you whited out like the Excel. So it's like, like all the boxes that just, yeah, I got it from somewhere. I just downloaded it. So it's, oh yeah, I like it. Well, so why don't you tell, before we dive into this beautiful spreadsheet, why don't you tell me and the listeners a little bit about yourself? So age, relationship status, income, all that jazz. Okay, cool. So I am 36. I am married, but separated. So that's probably gonna be one of the questions that I have for you. Uh, I'm not divorced yet. Okay. I live in Brooklyn, New York. um, And I work for a studio. I make 102,000 a year. And from there, um, I also run my own studio on the side. So my own photography business on the side. Okay. And that one I make about 45000 Oh, wow. That's quite the hustle. Yeah, but that, that that's like gross income, not after yeah, taxes okay. and expenses and everything, which, you know, it's another thing that I want to ask you. But, but yeah, so it's a lot of here and there work. Yeah. And then for the studio, what – I'm always interested in people's jobs. So – like you manage like an art studio or? It's all photography and video. Oh, okay, cool. So both of them, both for the studio that I work for and my side studio, my side hustle, it's all photography too. Oh, very nice. Cool. Everyone has such interesting jobs. Okay. So you have, you have really good income. So 102,000 for your 
day job, we'll call it, and then forty five thousand gross, which uh, yeah, there's a big difference because you are responsible for everything as the business owner. Yeah, for your side hustle. Okay, perfect. And then live in Brooklyn. Hey, New York. I love New York. Expensive, but yeah, it is expensive. It is expensive. So yeah, let's go through where we are with and no kids. No kids. No. Okay, where we are with I. I love that you called it the survival budget. <laughs> Just think it's well, so this one is from I got it from a website that, you know, for from Fire. From Yeah, okay. Very interested in financial um independence. And so that's what they call usually. Yeah, I like it. So like exactly what you need to survive. Okay, cool. So let's talk about your expenses. So you have it marked out for 2022. So we're just in the beginning, this will probably air a bit later, but we're just in the beginning of 2022. Mm -hmm. So rent and utilities, including your phone add up to be $700. Mm -hmm. That is very low for New York. I know. So it's kind of like house hack because I have an apartment with two bedrooms and I, I furnished and I redecorated the whole thing. And so I rent out for a lot of money for like I sublet, you know, for short terms. And oh. so that's what I end up paying. That's incredible. Yeah. I almost think I've been thinking about buying a place, but the rent is so low that I even like don't know if it's worth it. You know? Yeah. I think that was one of your questions when you emailed in Yeah, that you wanted to talk about. Yeah. Let's, we can chat about that. Um, yeah. Because your rent specifically not including the electric gas internet and then your phone bill is 600 a month, which is yeah. a, for New York city, I would say unheard of. Yeah, exactly. So you rented the whole apartment yourself. So the lease is in your name and then you just decorated it and then sub. Yeah, I've been doing that. Yeah, I've been doing that for like from the past like two years. So it's pretty stable. That's awesome. Good. Nice. I feel like you should have mentioned that as like a side hustle because that is. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's why I want to do the, the FHA program because I feel like I can do that with my own place, you know, and just do just yeah. go ahead and do the whole thing. Yeah. And then have ownership. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's, we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then your dining budget or your grocery and dining out is also very low. It's I, not real though. Cause that's like, a okay. Budget. <laughs> so that's why like, if you go to expenses, December and November yes. okay. all the way down, that's actually what it is, which is really high. And I'm like scared of it, but. Okay. Eat out. Yeah. Um, it's a, but so, okay. So Eat out bar, the total came to, um, I just have to say this, it's not bad, we just, we'll work on it. Uh, your budget, your what you spent was basically 1,050. Your budget was 150, <laughs> you were yeah. like nine, 900 over, whoops. Um, yeah. Okay. I told um, my friends this year, I was like, guys, I can only go out once a month. <laughs> so don't invite me for anything this year. Yeah, because New York, I feel like if you haven't lived there, New York is, you don't go to people's apartments. You meet no. at a bar or a restaurant. Maybe in the summertime, you might meet in a park, but then you still have to buy food. And yeah, you can bring wine, you know, yeah. and all of that. Yeah. It is expensive. I When I made the transition from New York City to Salt Lake City, which is an odd switch. I was so surprised how many people were like, "Oh, come on over, we're having dinner. Like, bring a dish." I was like, "Bring a dish? Like, what? Yeah. What? Do you, what? What? What exactly do you mean? Cook? Yeah. I don't, don't do those things. Yes, exactly. I've since learned to cook. But um, so New York, I feel like, is particularly expensive with the you know groceries and dining out, just like everything else is expensive there. Okay, so this is your aspirational. Like, I want to spend between groceries and dining out. 
ideally in a perfect scenario, you want to spend um, 220 on groceries and then 250 on dining out, which comes to under $500. So half of what you spent yeah. in December. And what was it in November? November was 600 for... Oh, okay. So yeah, the holiday season, right? So 600. Yeah. So, okay. So that's like obviously a lot closer. You still have the budget though of 150 in there on your... Because, um, because if I don't go... That's another thing too. I spend a lot of um, drinking and okay. I'm like quitting a little bit on the drinking side. So that's also, I think that's what's going to go low. I can manage. Okay. 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 All right. We'll go back to our 2022 tab for our listeners. We're talking about what she actually spent in November and December tracking it versus what she wants to spend going forward. Okay. So then, so the goal is to spend, we'll just keep it round numbers under 500 for groceries and dining out for the month. Yeah. 470 to be exact. Okay. And then transportation. So this is a, for the goal, for your goal is a big part of your budget per se, your spend compared to, you know, rent groceries and dining out. So that's allocating, we're allocating $876 for car maintenance, parking, Uber and Lyfts, car payment, insurance, and gas. That's pretty accurate too. What was Okay. Perfect. And then basic household expenses, pets, renters is $45 a month. Clothing is 50. Health, which includes health insurance, co-pays, all that, comes in at 385. Entertainment. I was like, how did you come to 17? So $17 for Netflix and Hulu. And then that leaves you, if I'm correct, to be placed, it leaves you with 5,400 approximately. So 1500 for stocks, 500 for your Roth. We have Amazon Prime and a couple other. Yeah, those things I don't know where to start in the spreadsheet. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then you have money saved for taxes monthly, which is smart. And then your 401k and then your 401k Roth. So, okay. Yeah, so let's talk about, and then you have business expenses that is not in your regular survival budget. Yeah, because the business basically pays for itself, but I don't make a lot of profit, which is something that I've been thinking and comparing every year, you know, is it worth it or not to keep the studio running? Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because a benefit of having a business is you have some write-offs. So like, is the car a write-off for you for that business? No, because I don't... See, I can't justify because I only shoot... Like last year, I shot 15 days the whole year. I was just doing the numbers today. Mm-hmm. And so the studio, I rent out to other photographers. So we have members. I have a business partner. Um, okay. So we have members who come in the studio, use this space. And so basically it pays for itself. And then when I have to shoot, I don't have to rent a studio. So that's why we, you know, basically I keep it. But at this point, I think I made like 10000 after everything. So I don't even know if that's, you know... If it's worth the time that you're putting in versus what you're getting out of it. Yeah. Um, So just going to throw in a question there. I haven't seen it on here. Um, I see you have a couple scenarios that you've run. So with your business, how is that structured? It's an LLC? It's an LLC, yes. Have you thought about setting up a retirement plan? Have you run that by an accountant if that makes sense to do that so that you're lowering your taxable income on that business so that maybe you're just using it to fund retirement? No, but okay. 
Yeah, that's the way I would look at it. It depends on how you're structured with the LLC, what retirement plan would be the best, but I would run it by an accountant if you did a simple or a SEP IRA within that LLC for you and your business partner. Because I would imagine your business partner is probably dealing with the same issue, right? After all taxes and everything, you're not really netting that much on it. Yeah. See, the thing is, I started the business myself and she joined in two years ago. And mm-hmm. we just did like, on, like we never did anything like really on paper. So the LLC is under my name and she is, she has her own S Corp. Or- oh, perfect. So it's just you. It's your sole yeah. single member. Yeah. Yeah. So I would look, I would talk to, you do have an accountant for your business? Yes. I would talk to your accountant and I would run the numbers if you opened a SEP IRA underneath that LLC and dumped money in there. So maybe instead of netting 10000 in pay to yourself, maybe instead you net, you net less pay, but you're able to put more into a retirement, like for instance, 15000 So you're yeah, not going to see it today, but you have an account with 15000 on it versus 10000 in your pocket. Got it. Yeah, that's that's smart. Because then it would maybe feel like more worthwhile to you if you knew you're going to be able, even if you don't get the money today, but more money went away in yeah. trust for you, basically, for the future. Totally. Because the thing is that income is coming in on top of your already high salary, right? You're already in a high bracket. And you're even higher bracket given that you're in New York City. So you're paying federal t- tax, state tax, and then city tax. And then that it 45000 gross, you know, after expenses is coming in on top of that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So my paycheck ends like it cuts like two thousand from the paycheck. It's crazy. Yeah. So I would look into that. I would talk to your accountant and see if setting up a retirement plan for the LLC would benefit you and make you would allow you to take, in theory, I do air quotes, take home more money, even though you wouldn't be taking it home in your pocket, you'd be putting it more into your retirement. Right. Okay. So it's beneficial that you each have your own businesses. Yeah. Because it doesn't tie you to her. So if you want to do it, you can do it. You don't have to have her agree to do it too. Yeah. Which is always every year is a question. Like I always forget what we did in the previous year. <laughs> so about like, do I send you? So I usually send her a 1099 with everything, mm-hmm. like half of the rent. Because that's the only thing that she you know, like kind of contributes in. And yep. then I get that deducted. But then like the taxes, does she have to give me money for taxes? Because I'm paying taxes. It's a thing every year. So I'm, that's another part here. Yeah. So I would sit down, I would like chat with your accountant and say, I need to run, I need to get you, I would like a couple scenarios about if I do this, if I don't do this, so that you can make it more worthwhile of your time. Yeah. And then it for- sounds uh-huh. like it's a lot of work for 10,000 net. Yeah. And then how much should I save for taxes on the, on the 1099, like on the freelance side, would you say 40% is too much or is it safe? No, that's probably safe because you're paying all three taxes. Okay. And it's always better to have it set aside than to not have it when you owe it. And then you're on a payment plan with the IRS, which you don't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I would say set aside about 40%, give or take, depending on what the expenses are. But I, I definitely think I would look into, I would have the accountant run a a scenario if you set up a separate simple and you just have to check. I'm pretty sure you can still do it with your day job. Um, and then the accountant can tell you how much you're eligible to put in and just see what those numbers look like, what it changes it for you. Okay, cool. Okay. And then, all right. So we know what you make, we know what your budget is. So then I want to talk to you about one of your goals. Oh, and so just so that everybody knows, cause I don't think we said this, how much do you bring in monthly? 
for from your day job? Payment, the monthly payment, it's 85, but then with all the deductions, it becomes after taxes, after Roth, after 401k, 4,700. Okay. So 4,700 a month is what you're bringing home after your 401k and expenses from work, from your day job. And then essentially you're bringing in, and I'm sure it's not consistent, like a monthly number, but around 800 a month with this side business. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that gets you to 5,500 approximately a month. All right. So my next question is, because I'm keeping the business expenses a bit separate for the moment. Mm -hmm. So you're putting in, um, in your 401k, you're putting in 425 a month and then 595 into the Roth. Yeah. So it's 5%, 7%. And then my company matches 3%. Okay. Perfect. So your total contribution is how much you said? Uh, including the company matching? Uh, without the company matching. $1,020. Perfect. Okay. So you're doing about 10%. Yeah. 12, or 12%. I'm sorry. 12% a year. And then they're doing 3%. You should do approximately 15% is going into retirement. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Just wanted to make sure I backed into that number. But then you're also doing outside of that, you're going, are you doing it currently or you're planning on doing the 500 a month? You're planning. Okay. Because then that would be another little bump up in the percentage. Okay. So where are you with savings and, and or debt? Um, so I bought a car this year and I have about 4,500 to pay, okay. but I use car. So I have 8,000 in stocks. I have 8,000 in crypto and I have 32,300 in 401k. So 48,000. Three hundred. Perfect. Okay. And then do and then do you have anything for an emergency fund, or were you planning on using the stocks if they're? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those okay. are that's my emergency. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then, sorry, I did not look at um, two thousand twenty-one. No, there's a lot of tabs. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do do do. See if I'm missing anything in here. Okay. So talk to me about wanting to buy and then I want to see if we can figure out how to save for that right so I've been looking to places outside of New York of course um I've been wanting to move out of here for a long time now um and so my first thought it would be New Jersey because the houses there are more affordable but I also think about Detroit and other weird places that I just you know come to my mind I've never been there so um but I was I spoke to a lender, I spoke to some people, some realtors, and I found out that I think in my case, because I don't have a lot saved, maybe mm-hmm. AJ would be a good option. Mm-hmm. And so my lender did the math and according to everything that I have going on, I am pre-approved for 575 Okay. So yeah, so I'm looking for something on that price point right now. And then what would the da- what would the down payment that they uh, with that? It would be three point five percent. Three point five percent. Okay. So I'm planning to save during this year to you know make up to for whatever down payment, house like you know cushions that I have to have you know in case something happens, and then to get out of rent next year. Okay. And then, but your thought is to do what you've been doing, which is yeah, kind of to house hack to keep your, because if you did a, you know, not including taxes and fees, but the 
if your loan amount, we just use 575, your monthly payment on that with a 30 year fix at a 4% interest rate approximately would be like 2,800, give or take, not including PMI, insurance, taxes, all that. Right. So that's why it would have to be outside of New York City because that's, you know, that pays for one bedroom tiny apartment. I cannot share yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, no, so I like the idea that you're, you're, and can you keep your day job and move? Like, could you buy in New Jersey and still keep your job? If like I bought in New Jersey, yes, I would be able to, but I'm, I'm planning on changing careers in like two years, just, you know, going to something else. So, okay. Yeah. So then I would definitely say, so I want to kind of talk through your budget because I think that what would be critical is bumping up your non-retirement savings so that you have a nice cushion to go into buying. Mm -hmm. And then I think house hacking would make the most sense so that you could, you know, A, have most of the mortgage covered so you can keep your expenses really low. Mm -hmm. And then with that, you could pay more. I mean, I like that it, you potentially can lock in a very low interest rate, but given that you're going to put three and a half percent down, I would continue to add more if you can make principal payments. So you increase your equity, which is your ownership in the property. Mm -hmm. So let's see. Do, do, do. So where can I pull money from? Let's see. <laughs> from the budget? Yes. <laughs> or from the one I've been standing for real. <laughs> so you have allocated here 1500 to stocks. Yeah. So, so those are the to be placed. Yeah, I think so. I think the stocks, the Roth out, which would be probably something, you know, they would do separately. I think that's it. So yeah. So here's what I'm thinking. I think obviously you're doing a really great job with the rent and utilities. I mean, it's so affordable for where you're living. There's probably nowhere we can pull from the car aspect. And if you factor in what you're spending on rent versus, you know, if you just put those two together that you've saved so much on rent and then you also then have the car because the car is more transportation, that column is more than rent. So with that and rent together, it's 15, like 1600, which is still reasonable. And I'm, I'm assuming you're netting 5,500 a month. That's after a 15% retirement. So that minus your 1600, which is... We left with 3900 from there. And then if we have groceries and dining out at five, we'll just say 500 and then you're at 3400 And then we continue on and then we add in clothing, household, health. So that comes to, do, do, do. we'll just say that comes to another 500 That gets us down to 2900 And then we have entertainment at 17 which is really reasonable. And let me just add up some of the other ones. I'm not going to use the 401k because it's already coming out. So we've already taken that out. So we'll just say 20 bucks for entertainment. And then we'll say Amazon, 10 bucks, easy, some self, um, some travel, miscellaneous. I'm not going to do taxes. Yeah. Taxes uh, is already from the other spreadsheet. This is already what's been taken out. Now, yep. So then after all that, we just round up. That's another 400 in miscellaneous. So then that brings you down to... 2,500 left over. Mm -hmm. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Okay. So of the 2,500 then, that's a really good number. Like a, that's a very good monthly number. If you were able to save 2,500 for this entire year for 12 months, you would have $30,000 saved up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah. It's like <laughs> a lot of money. 
Yeah, I'll be good. Yeah, you would be great. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll try to be good. <laughs> and it, I mean, tell me how that does that feel like too much of a stretch? I mean, you might not hit it every month, but or the other thing is you take that number and put it in half and say, I'm going to try and save, you know, a thousand two fifty a month. And then you do it for 24 months. It's a two year plan. And yeah. then that's still 30,000. So it just depends on like how long you yeah. want it to take. But then, and but I would not put the house money if it's in a two year time horizon, I would not put the house money in the market. You mean like in stocks? I would absolutely not do that. Yeah. Okay. Would you put it in savings? I would put it into a savings account. It doesn't pay very much. So it's not very exciting. But the thing is, when you go to buy a house, you and you've saved 30,000 and you need 30,000, you can't tell them like, oh, the market's down. I only have 25. Right. Everyone hopes the market goes up. But the, the thing is, it could also just as much as it can go up, it could go down. And when you have a fixed time horizon, when you need that money, especially when it's so short term, I don't think it should be in the market. Okay. Because your opportunity cost is too steep for me. You know, if the house is the goal, like buying a property is the goal, then I don't think it's worth risking to try and make an extra 10% on it when you could lose 30. Okay. Because if you can get to 30,000, that's, you know, not to say that you put all of that down, maybe you use just the three and a half percent, but then you have a really nice amount of money saved up going into it, especially if you do it for more than 12 months. Yeah. I think, I think for me, it's easier to, like you're saying, you know, like put the numbers in front of me and go ahead and achieve it. And then expect like, like last year I was like, Oh, I'm going to save this and I'm going to be better at this. And then by the end of the year, I was like, mm, I wasn't able to save as much as I could. So I think, you know, even though it looks like a big jump, if I see the number in front of me, it's, it's, it's better. It's more clear and I, it's easier for me to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that as a running a business on the side, I think that it's really easy to be, to think everything's, you're making more than you are, because as you said, there's so many expenses that have yeah. to be paid and so much tax that has to be withheld. So it's hard when you get a check in and you've worked really hard for it and you're like, oh, I really actually only get to keep 40 or 50% of this. Like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. So yeah. I, what I would do is I would save the money in the beginning of the, do you get paid every two weeks? No, I get paid monthly. Oh, okay. Love that. That's how I started out my career. And so I really love it. I, I, I actually don't love it. I hate it, but I love it from a budgeting standpoint because it's very clear what you're making. It's not like yeah. 26 paychecks or 24. So I heard your um, one episode the other day and she was saying how she gets paid like monthly and you're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Every two weeks because here it's, it's, yeah, it's very common. Every yeah. It, it, yeah. My first job is like it. I like that it's monthly. It's easier for me to budget. I yeah, guess I'm I always gonna, thought yeah. it was easier. Although sometimes when I was, because I was, you know, obviously my first job and I put too much money, you know, I spent too much on rent and had no really, you know, forgot about the three taxes that were coming out. I would get to like that last week and be like, I literally have no money. Like I yeah. need to get paid next week because yeah. it's the end of the month and I'm literally out of money. Yeah. And that's when you go into credit card, which is bad. Like I don't have... I don't have that on credit card, but I also always go to that very last, you know, thousand dollars that I shouldn't be spending because it's just the credit card is there. I know. I don't know. I didn't do that. I really just was aggressive. I like 
not that this is a recommendation. I just like didn't spend money on anything. I walked everywhere unless I could take the metro. Otherwise, I walked and never took a cab. I also did not buy food, which we had free food at work, but it was not like free food that was like a meal. It was like I had like peanut butter on bread and then you know sometimes there'd be a conference and there'd be like leftover sandwiches and one of my manager was like you need to eat and I was like I will eat whatever you put out for free I will eat all of it <laughs> but I cannot last afford year, to go last buy. year last year I was also on a diet and I was doing oh. really well with like all organic and everything this year I'm like no it's not gonna happen I'm just gonna buy you know and I'm gonna go and work out really hard and just lose all the weight of the cheaper food that I'm gonna buy <laughs> yeah I mean it was not intentionally meant to be a diet for myself but it's kind of what happened because I went to the grocery store and I was like well it'd be nice to buy that but I cannot afford that it's like I also would like to go to happy hour and I was like well they have like free pretzels I don't have those and then a uh, drink and then I'm gonna go home and make my I ate a lot of rice <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's very anyway smart. not not recommended but that's what you know when you're first starting out so yeah. But I would say that you have enough bandwidth in your budget. So I would, and if it, here's the thing, if it doesn't happen one month, that's fine. Just get yeah. back on it. So shoot for that. That can be the target. And then you're, you know, anything you go over on 12 months will just be gravy because then you'll have more saved. And then once you get this money saved, whether it takes one year or two years and, you know, in a perfect world, like if I had have exactly what I wanted, I would say you get to you do this for two years and let's just, obviously it's not going to be perfect over two years, but let's just say you really buckle down and you're able to save about 45,000. That'll put you in a really great spot to buy a house. You're also going to have a really awesome budget at that point. Yeah. So you're no longer, once you buy the house, you do need to keep a maintenance fund, right? Cause houses need yeah. things, That's what but I hear. oh yeah, God, I haven't had the best luck. <laughs> Some people on the podcast have, but I have not. <laughs> so you're going to want to have a maintenance fund but you most certainly won't need to be saving 2,500 a month. And so what you can do is then split those monies up and give some back to yourself for today. You can put some towards retirement and then you can put some towards the house maintenance fund. But then it's just, if you buckle down for the next 12 to 24 months, it mm -hmm. just sets you up for that next step in your financial life. And then once you do it and you're done with that, then that money comes back into your budget. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds exciting. Yeah. And then, and then I would just weigh out with your accountant because I just don't know all the numbers, what they say when you run the analysis on the side hustle, but yeah. maybe if it's not really pay, like if you think about how many hours you're putting in versus what you're making out of it, because if you're really only netting, what do we say about 800 a month, right? And that's like what you're getting yeah. in your pocket a month. I'm not sure how many hours you're putting in, but maybe there's another way to like make 500 a month or 600 a month without all of the expenses of the business. Maybe there's another avenue for you. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking of, you know, instead of doing a, a service, because this is a service job, doing something more of a product or, or I don't know, something different, something that is now, nowadays everything's remote and there's so much opportunity on the area that I am at, which is, you know, marketing, branding, production. Yeah, it's a definitely something to think about. <laughs> yeah, because I would just, I would run it through with your accountant and see, are you able to maybe put a, a lot more into retirement and net a little bit less? And that's still totally fine. Like your budget still works with that. Or 
is it just for the amount of time and expenses that you have? Is it not really worth what the income is, you know, time for money exchange and then figure out a way if you want, because you still have good, very good income. You could see if there's another way to side hustle with less time, but maybe netting yourself more. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I have a question for you. When you moved to New York, did you have family in Salt Lake City? No, I didn't. Just know it. <laughs> yeah, I've been I just didn't know. Because I'm thinking about like, where do I move? Like, I'm, been, I'm afraid I'm going to move somewhere and it's not going to, because here in New York, you can find people to rent your apartment like that. It's so, so fast. Yeah. But I'm afraid that I'm going to buy a big house somewhere else and there's nobody to rent the house or like not enough, you know, market. Not enough people. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great question. No, I came on a ski trip and decided... Why was I working this hard as an entrepreneur if I couldn't have any control over my life? Because it felt like I had zero control. So I came on a ski trip and decided to stay, basically, long story short. Wow. My mother was like, you can't just stay there. And I was like, but, you know, I can. Like, I'm an adult. And she's like, we don't have any family there. And I was like, I know. I'm aware. And she's like, well you don't know anybody there. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm aware. And she's like, so what are you going to do? And I was like, I've, I'm going to, I'm going to meet people. And she was like, how? And I was like, I'm not, I'm not sure, but I think I'll be able to. She was, so you're going to, let me get this straight. So you're going to live alone. You're going to work alone and you're going to ski alone. And I was like, yeah, you got it. And she was just like, well, that sounds awfully depressing. I could retire. I could retire and I could come with you for a little bit, but we can we can't move there. And I was like, well, I'm not, you're not moving. I'm moving. And you can, you're more than welcome to come for a week, but I, I will, meet, I will meet people. It will be okay. And she was just, she still thinks it's crazy, but it worked out. But I do think that I bought a property out here. I do have a tenant and I did research. Um, and I did wait, I didn't wait very long. I waited like six months. Um, but I did research and I felt like it was going to be really easy to rent an apartment out here. I also think, and I, ha- I haven't done it. I-, I rented the main part of the house as well when I was traveling and it has been fairly easy. And I've been able to rent predominantly to people that I've met out here, which is shocking given my mom's <laughs> <laughs> shock that I might, you know, I might actually make friends. So I do think it's important to look at the area and the demographics. And so not that I'm an expert at this at all, but I looked and there's a lot of universities. There are a lot of workers out here who make a comfortable living but might not have the money for a down payment or don't want that um, burden right so they had a lot there's a lot of young professionals and so it's not always the right time for somebody to be purchasing a home so therefore there was a a lot of people that were renters and so Mm -hmm. I felt like then that was good because you know students so they have a medical school a bunch of universities so I could get a student right and I wanted like an older student obviously and then with all the young professionals, all the different companies, and then I figured last resort, I literally live by a bunch of ski resorts. You could always get seasonal workers too, right? People that are coming in to work at those resorts seasonally. So, and I looked at all of that before, and I looked at the different rent prices. And so I did my research. So I actually found it to be shockingly easy, knock on wood. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I, I think that's a good point. Anything is easier. You know, it just sounds like so much cheaper. And, and it's just a little scary even because it sounds a lot. Having know. left New York City, I bought a whole house, like whole <laughs> house for what I paid for my 
I thought at the time, super, and it is for New York. It was great. I had four windows. Uh, if you looked very far to the left, you could see the sky, you know, if you got your face right up on there, um, which by New York City standards is a view. Yeah. Um, and I had, I thought, you know, I had a really nice apartment. I lived in it for like eight years, I think. But when you leave one of those metro areas like LA or San Francisco or New York, it is amazing how much further your money can go. Yeah. If, if that's what you want. Yeah, no, for sure. So, and you know, New Jersey is really not that far. So you could easily commute on the train or what have you, but you have to factor that in because those passes are expensive. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. But no, I think this is very attainable and the FHA loan allows for less down. And I think house hacking is the way to go for you. And then I would just, but I would buckle down for the next, 12 to 24 months so that you stock away a bunch of cash. Cause once you do, do it, you're done. Even if you don't find a house in two years, the money is still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then okay. you're, you're ready to go. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. We'll have to have you back on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's just visit two years. I'm like, yeah, I bought it. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do follow up. So I would love to have you back on and, and hear how you got, how it goes. But I would totally set it up as an automatic payment and I would call it the house fund and I would have it come right out when you, your monthly paycheck hits out of sight, mm-hmm. out of mind. And it's in a savings account meant for a house. Cool. I'll do that for sure. Perfect. Did I answer all your questions? I feel like there was one more about Brazil. Oh yeah. Does it, well, I think you answered it. I think it's, okay. yeah, this year I'll be spending four months working remotely from there and my pay went down like 3000, but I think it's it's answered for. I'm planning to sublet my room so I don't have to pay rent in this time during the Perfect. there. So that's kind of like a savings. Well, it's not savings because it's gonna. It's kind of like the price that I'm gonna pay for the tickets. So it evens out. Yeah, and the you know cost of living there is lower. So yeah, that'll make that dining out and groceries budget way easier. Yeah, 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 and that sounds like a great experience. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. Well, Judy, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And for all of our lovely listeners, if you like our podcast, which I certainly hope that you do, it would be so wonderful if you could rate and review us on Apple iTunes. And then to find out the most up-to-date information, you can check us out on Instagram at the Future Rich Podcast. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.